Nazi individuals, it's your host Laura here at Softest Lord Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's very special episode. How have you been since the last episode aired? I hope everything's going well for you. And guess what? We have a very snazzy author here with us today. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> My name is Laura Espinal, and I am the author of my latest fantasy adventure. Right now it's titled Roxy the Witch, but that's always bound to change. <laughs> so did I surprise you? Well, I hope I did because, because it's not often that I get to introduce myself, well, rather interview myself. So you're in for a fun time because I'm excited. I'm really excited to finally tell you that I completed my first fantasy adventure. Yeah! <laughs> I ended up completing it at 129,000 words. And I know it should probably reduce the word count, but I'm so happy to finally introduce to you Roxy the Witch. Now, allow me to ask myself, <laughs> what drew me into writing? Roxy the Witch. Well, first, I should probably give you an overview, as I do with all my other guests. From magical agents and quests, fast pace, funny characters, a development, a developing mystery, a unique magic system, and a century-old villain. That's enough to draw in any reader, but what drew me <laughs> into writing this novel. Well, it's a funny story, and I probably have already said it on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again anyways. Well, about a year ago, it was, no, more than a year at this point, it was August 2022, and you know how stores tend to pull in all the merchandise for Halloween, like, <laughs> two months in advance? Well, it was one of those times, and I went to my local pharmacy. And as I walked in, I spotted a pink witch swish mallow. Literally, as soon as I saw her, and she's so freaking cute, and her pink hair, and I was like, oh my god, I need to write a story. And it's funny, because at that time, I was actually writing another story. That one has like a more formal title. It's called The Puzzle of Humanity, Names of Influence. And it's more of a sci-fi adventure. And I won't get into that because that's not the point of this episode. <laughs> so when I saw her, I was like, I need to write the story. And I read and write it now. I need to write it now. And that's basically what happened. And September rolled around shortly after. And I started writing this fantasy adventure about agents of magic. And side quests. And like initially, 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 I was trying to make this like one of those like cozy adventures because I love cozy fantasy. You know, the no stakes or low stakes, fun, fuzzy moments, happiness, you know, all that jazz. Well, soon 
I realized that <laughs> I had more depth I wanted to put into the story besides happy-go-lucky fun times. And don't worry, there's plenty of those. But the plot ended up becoming more than I had anticipated. And originally, this was a novel. But when I realized that the story had potential to be like a full-length novel, I was like, what's holding me back? Why shouldn't I embark on this fantasy adventure? And I haven't written fantasy adventure in such a long time at that point. And it was kind of daunting, but it was like a good type of daunting. Like something I wanted to go on a quest and see how the story would progress, how, what types of challenges I would face, and specifically in the writing portion, not really the plot portion, because for the first time, the plot was super clear in my mind from the beginning, which is weird because I'm a pantser, <laughs> but I'll get into that later. So ultimately, that pink witch I saw at that pharmacy drew me into writing the story. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> now, let me ask myself, do I see aspects of myself in my main character? Do I share similar goals, flaws maybe? And if not, how am I completely different to her? <laughs> it's a good question. So my protagonist's name is Roxy Sageheart. And I have to say that we're more different than we are similar. Mostly because she is, I can't even say that she's fearless, but her determination is stronger than her fear levels. <laughs> like she could go through so many things because she's determined to go through them. And she's so ambitious. Like she wants to be someone that handles A-grade quests in the agency of Irene. Meaningful quests and tedious side quests. And I guess she and I do share that ambition of like wanting to do something cool, like wanting to do something more, I guess. But not to that extent. <laughs> because that girl did 238 side quests before she was finally given an A grade. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. That's literally in the first chapter. <laughs> so I guess she and I differ more in the way we approach things because Roxy tends to have like a colder approach, like a less emotional approach and more of a magical instinctive approach to a problem. And like, as of now, I don't have magical powers. So <laughs> I tend to try to approach things with like that mentality, but you know, emotions, they kind of get in the way. So <laughs> that's how she and I are different. <laughs> and what were some challenges I faced while writing? You know, ironically, as I said before, it wasn't the plot. It was mostly really understanding the magic system because like, as I said, this is my first fantasy adventure. So, you know, with fantasy, there's usually some sort of magic. And I was like, how do I come about this? So I kind of just let it happen. See where the words would take me and try to come up with a proper magic system. Because I've mostly been into elemental magic systems. But I kind of wanted to push myself and like stray away elemental magic. But because I kind of just developed it as I went along in the chapters and I know that's kind of like weird to do but 
it ended up working out. <laughs> Surprisingly, I ended up creating this unique magic system that's like compelling thing I added to the magic system was signatures because everyone has a different signature. In real life, they do. When they write their name, it's different. So I was like, why don't I incorporate that into the magic system? And it ended up working out. And another challenge I faced was mostly, again, with magic, but... It was the magical action sequence. You've seen a show or movie that involves magic. You see how the magic works, how it reacts to others, people using magic, how the battles are kind of colorful or, like, very chaotic and explosive. And that's the visual media, right? But on paper... I wasn't really sure how to do that because I've never written something like this before. So like for the first time, I really had to like sit down and kind of research and read a bunch of random articles on magic powers <laughs> and how to write them on paper. <laughs> I know it sounds like basic, like, of course, you're going to do research for certain things, but... It, it was, like, harder for me to do it that way. And I ended up finding this, like, weird tip that worked for me. It was basically drawing out what was going on. And by drawing out, I mean, like, very, 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 very simple stick figures. Very simple stick figures and random, like, swishy lines in between. But, like, those random swishy lines and stick figures made sense in my brain. <laughs> so I managed to write it down in a way that I felt like you could finally understand how the magic reacts to one another and how those battles kind of become more dynamic instead of becoming stiff. And I think that was my overall challenge. It was really the action sequences. <laughs> the next question. <laughs> how did publishing your first book change your writing process? You know, it changed like night to day because the first book I published is titled The Lux Establishment Sectors of Truth and it's basically an action adventure. And I'm having a new cover on that, but I won't talk about that right now. <laughs> um, I wrote that throughout high school and published it a year after graduating. During that time, I didn't have a space for me to write, for me to continue writing in like a fluid manner. So on the weekends, I would write whatever I could. That's why it took like four years to finish. <laughs> but in this one, I really had the liberty of really working on it more often. And I found that I wrote this story faster, not because of the time I was allowed to work on it, but because I found a different method of writing. Because during that time, I wrote three chapters on paper and then I would stop and write them on the computer, then three chapters on paper and then stop and write them on the computer. And in that moment, it worked for me. But I realized there was a better method of doing this. So... I went to Wattpad because I thought Wattpad was going to be a good source of motivation. And as of now, the story is no longer there. But when it was there, I would write 
a chapter every two weeks. And not just like the rough draft of the chapter. It's like I'd write the rough draft in one week and then polish it in the other week. So each chapter that was getting uploaded was mostly polished. And I know there's grammatical errors, but that's for like the later process. But as I wrote a chapter every two weeks, I found that I was getting through the story a lot faster. And as I started getting readers on Wattpad, that really, really, really motivated me. Because getting readers is just so nice in their comments and the way they think that the story's going to progress. And, like, you know, as a writer, you're like, hee hee, that's not going to happen that way. But they don't know that, <laughs> which is the best part. So I felt like going into a writing community really helped the way I wrote. It made me more effective in my writing. And as for the publishing part, I'll leave that part for later in the interview. <laughs> so what is my writing process like? Am I a plot or a pantser? Well, at this point, you probably know I'm a major pantser. <laughs> like, I'm like 100% a pantser with loose plots in my notes on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know, because a lot of the authors I interview are plotters. And, but the pan, because when I'm writing, I get surprised by the quips the characters do or like the plot randomly twisting. I was like, wait, that wasn't supposed to happen. And it did, and it worked. <laughs> it's like, yes, I bullshitted it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It, mostly, it's kind of thinking through, but... <laughs> Spontaneous writing to me has always been the fuel of my creativity. Sitting down and just writing whatever comes to mind in the moment is nice. But I do do chapter by chapter. I don't jump around in the plot. All right, chapter one, chapter two, and then onward until the end. Uh, to me, it just works that way a lot better. I get to write better that way. So, as I said before, spontaneous writing is the best writing. No offense to my plotters, I love you too. <laughs> so, how did I keep the story engaging and prevent it from becoming predictable? Well, I hope I prevented it from becoming predictable, but... I divided the story in two parts, part one and part two, and I felt that intertwining the both really made it engaging. Because as part one progresses, you kind of see those little hints I place in part one really flourish in part two. So I felt like splitting my story arcs in part one and part two really helped with that, was like intertwining and fortifying. And as I was writing, I found myself going back to part one to add a little thing there, add a little thing here. But it made the process a lot more fun because I was like, oh, this is some good power shadowing. And I'm like, in like part two, it's like, oh, it, it happened. I was like, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but I found that splitting in two parts made the story engaging, even for me as I was writing it. And I'm hoping it's not predictable. And if it is... Did you have fun? Yeah, I know you had fun. <laughs> when you read them, of course. There's some people that say you shouldn't ask the author what themes they wanted to incorporate in their book. And like for once, I may agree because I personally have an idea 
But I kind of want to leave it blank. Because themes as you read, themes as you write, develop differently. I feel like there's a lot of nice messages hidden within those words that I may not be completely aware of. And then the ones I am aware of, I kind of want to surprise you with those because it's a nice takeaway at the end of the story, don't you think? <laughs> so, can I describe a part of the book where I felt like I grew as a writer? <laughs> I certainly can. Well, a part of that book, without giving spoilers, of course, that I felt like I grew as a writer was at the climax. That's where I felt like everything really came together as it should in the plot, but I felt like I grew there because there were so many moving parts. There was a, something going on. I don't want to give you spoilers. I know I'm, I'm like stepping on cracked ice as I'm speaking. But there was something there that I really wanted to make sure was well written. And I wanted to make sure I wrote Roxy's reaction as someone's raw reaction to the situation. And for once, I, I was really compelled in the moment as I was writing. I was like, oh my god, like this, this sucks. <laughs> but in a good way, like it sucks to be in a situation. So that's where I felt like I grew as a writer, because that climax, I think, as of today, is the best climax I've written. And I'm quite proud of it, and I want to tell you more, but if I keep talking, I might as well just read you the story. <laughs> now, how did I celebrate when I finished writing this book? You know, it was kind of funny, because during my interviews with my lovely indie authors, I always ask them this question, and they look at me sometimes with like a blank stare. And they're like, yeah, what did I do? And then, and here I am, mirroring that blank stare. <laughs> what did I do? Well, I kind of like, as I wrote the last sentence, I started like, <laughs> this might sound a little odd, but I started breakdancing <laughs> very terribly in my living room, because I didn't know what else to do with myself. <laughs> And after that, I posted it to Instagram stories, and a lot of my followers were congratulating me, and it kind of just filled me with happiness. And one of my friends there said, I'm like, For, don't forget to treat yourself. I was like, oh my god, I was forgetting to treat myself, because isn't it amazing when you finish writing a book? That's an amazing task. You finished writing a book. So why not celebrate it, right? Even if you don't go out or do something big, at least treat yourself to a little something something, you know what I mean? Whatever that may be for you. And for me, it's ice cream. So you know for a fact that I went to my local ice cream store and got myself a ton of ice cream because that's the best way to celebrate. And it's cold, but it doesn't matter. Ice cream is ice cream and it's happy time for me. <laughs> so that's what I did to celebrate um, finishing the book, Roxy the Witch, A Fantasy Adventure. You're probably wondering if you stuck around this long, where can I read it? Well, my dear Snazzy, I don't know when. <laughs> I'm trying to explore different avenues of publishing. I am kind of tempted to go into the querying aspect. Because that's the one thing I haven't tried yet, and I'm very curious 
to see what happened. Now that we're wrapping up this part of my self-interview, guess what? It's time for our bookish game! Now... Ah yes, welcome to our bookish game! Now this is gonna be fun, and hopefully it's interactive enough for you to participate, but I don't know what you're saying, as I am behind a microphone. This is an extreme game of this or that. You're either gonna agree with me, or you're gonna think I've absolutely lost it. Either way, there will be an opinion, and I might love it, and I might hate it. Anyways, shall we? In today's segment of this or that, I propose to you three rounds, two very hard choices, and only one decision. Shall we continue? Alrighty then, question numero uno. I'm gonna try to make this hard because for the past couple of times I've been asking this on my solo episodes, it has not been hard at all. <laughs> and I'm surprised you haven't called me out on it, Snazzy. So, allow me to ask you, would you rather have a lifetime supply of your favorite book, but never be able to read any other book again? So, allow me to clarify. By a lifetime supply of your favorite book, I mean every single special edition in every single language possible. <laughs> or, be able to read any book you want, but never be able to remember what you read. Which one would you choose, Snazzy? Now, for some people, when they read a book and finish it, they kind of don't remember what happened. So, I guess that's not a bad choice. And in my case, I remember the major plot points, but the tiny little moments that usually are there for, like, character relationship building and dynamics, I tend to forget those. <laughs> so, lifetime supply of your favorite book with special editions in every language possible. Or read any book, but never remember. You know what? I'm gonna go with the never remember. I don't know about you, Snazzy. But not remembering, that means that you could experience your second favorite book more often. <laughs> you know, there's the saying, I wish I could read this book for the first time again. Well, now's your chance. <laughs> On to the next one. You know, as I speak these... I realize they're not that hard. There's always a better one. Would you rather be able to travel inside the world of your favorite book, but only as a secondary character, or be able to meet your favorite author, but only be able to talk about them, about their least favorite book? You know, whenever I am presented with the chance of traveling into a book, I'm probably going to take it. Because secondary characters, aka side characters, have the most fun, without going through the most stuff. So, you know what? I'm going with that one. That wasn't even hard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would choose the same thing as I did, Snazzy. But I'm gonna pretend that was a hard one. <laughs> okay, you know what? I gotta I gotta bring this this hard level up. Okay. Would you rather have a magical book that brings characters to life, but they wreak havoc on your real life? Or have a book that tran that can transport you into its world, but you can never return to reality. Dun dun dun! Now, I hope that was extreme, Snazzy. <laughs> okay. In my case, I'm gonna have to choose the first one. Just because I kind of like this reality I'm living in. <laughs> and, like, not being able to return there's so many little, like, factors you have to consider, like, family, what you're doing right now. Um, but, like, having real, those characters, like, wreak havoc 
I'm gonna have to put them in their place. <laughs> they shall not do that. Um, but if you're not in the mood of con- being confrontational with them, them characters, well, you gotta choose. <laughs> so I guess they weren't that hard of a question. But maybe I was trying to go easy on you, you never know. <laughs> ah, well, thank you so much for joining me, my snazzy individuals. And I have an announcement. As of right now, as you are listening to this episode, I officially launched my merch shop. Yeah, you heard me. A merch shop. <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> That's how excited I am. Um, so I got to work with a bunch of lovely freelance artists and they designed five unique designs that are now available on my merch shop. And since I just launched it, there's a huge discount. So please consider supporting the podcast and heading over there and get some cute snazzy merch. You know, snazzy author. There's a nice one that says snazzy author. Nice tote bag that says softest lore. There's a lot of nice little things there, and even a mug or a little sticker. Anything helps. <laughs> Plus, it's nice and rude, so please check it out. And that's all for me, so stay cool, stay snazzy, and keep reading. <laughs>